Oi, cow. Oi, cow. Welcome to the Holy Healthy Mama podcast. I'm Kristen Noriega, your host, a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and fellow Christian mom. I provide moms with practical, uncomplicated solutions so you can feed yourself and your family with confidence and lean into an active lifestyle. I'm on a mission to make health the standard, and I believe it starts in the family with mom at the core. So whether you're filled with holy guacamole, the Holy Spirit, or have no idea what either of those are, I've got you covered, friend. Thanks for listening. Hey, friends. We're looking at episode 13 today, small meals and frequent snacks. This is definitely one approach to eating throughout the day. It's something that I practice, and I have found it to be super useful, and I'm excited to share it with you to see if maybe it's something you could consider applying to your life. So we'll start with our moment of encouragement. This quote comes from Elizabeth Gilbert, the author of Eat, Pray, Love. It says, I am a better person when I have less on my plate. Hmm. So let's see if maybe that applies to you as we look at smaller meals and some snacking. Back before I was a dietitian, back before I had any nutrition education, back to my first year of college, I remember I had started to like get into what I thought was healthy eating, what I thought was like going to get me to, I don't know, being fit and strong and healthy. And... I remember I bought a can of soup, and it was like a low-calorie thing, and I had a roll. And I ate those in my uh, dorm room, and about 30 minutes later, I was starving again for dinner. It didn't fill me up. It is a terrible example of what I'm encouraging you to do today. That was just silliness. I was hungry. I didn't even eat enough to um, fill me up for an hour. That wasn't good at all. That was just me falling into the diet mentality and thinking, well, if I eat as little as possible, then I'm going to lose weight and I'm going to be strong. But really, it like, didn't even sustain me for a little bit. Your body needs calories and you need food. You need protein carbohydrates, and fat to function. You literally have to eat enough to function. So if we go into this conversation with that diet mentality, you're not going to succeed. I'm not going to succeed. I got to state this right now so we can get past that. I am not telling you to diet and restrict your overall intake. I'm talking about changing up the pattern just a little bit to still get enough food in throughout the day. So if we only eat 100 calories at each meal, that's only 300 calories. And that is not enough for you to function. You need baseline 12 to 1400 calories a day. So those diet foods that are like 100 calories, 100 calories of this, 100 calories of that, Let's not fall into that trap here. Let's get beyond that. Because if you only have 500 calories a day, your body's going to go into starvation mode 
you're going to start retaining all the energy. Your body goes into starvation and it holds on to every single calorie that you put in there. It's going to keep it. You don't burn anything off. That's why if you're not eating enough, you sometimes feel like, gosh, I'm not losing weight. This is crazy. I don't eat anything. That's because your body's starving and you're holding on to every calorie, carb, fat, and protein that goes into your body. Your body keeps it. You aren't losing weight. It's true. (laughs) So we're moving beyond that and we're going to look now at the pattern of eating. So this is, again, it's called small meals and frequent snacks. All right, diving in. Here we go. If over the whole day, we're just going to say, for example, you eat 1,600 calories. I don't know exactly how much I eat a day. You probably don't know exactly how much you eat a day. And regardless of what number we actually think, it's bound to be different. Labels are off. Um, Recipes change. There's always fluctuation. But let's just use this number of 1,600 just as an example. So traditionally, if you're eating just big meals, you could have, let's say, 500 calories at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that leaves you an extra 100 calories for, oh, a piece of chocolate, a snack. Those are big meals. 500 calories at a meal is relatively significant. That's a decent-sized meal. That's not a restaurant-quality meal because you're going to double that. But that's like a pretty good-sized lunch, if you will. So if you were to have pretty good-sized breakfast, lunch, and dinner at 500 calories, you have a little room to wiggle for that extra 100 calories. Cool. That's what your body needs in this example. That's what you need to function well, to feel good, to have energy. 1,600 calories in this example. Now, to switch it around for small meals and frequent snacks, you would just change up the pattern here. You would flip it a little bit. So you could have 350 calories at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and that leaves you room for snacks of 200 calories three times a day. Holy moly, that was a lot of math, right? And maybe we're it's really hard to conceptualize in your mind. But what we're looking at is if you were to just take apart these huge traditional meals and break them into smaller pieces throughout the day, then that falls into this category of smaller meals and frequent snacks. So I'll repeat the additional calories that I just threw out. So 350 at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and then 200 calories for three different snacks. And yes, if you are doing the math, that's an extra 50 calories total throughout the day. But hey, trying to make it simple. So that would leave you a morning snack, an afternoon snack, and heck, a bedtime snack. Whether that's something that is sneaky after the kids are in bed, or if it's like cheese stick and apple at bedtime, something that could fill you up. Okay, you feel me on this? We're not talking about reducing your overall intake. We're just spreading it out throughout the day. Now, why in the world would you want to do this? 
I don't know if it seems like a lot of effort or if it seems crazy, but here are the pros to smaller meals and frequent snacks. So you will have increased metabolic efficiency. Your body's going to be using the energy better. It's not waiting around for the next meal and holding on to the last calories. You're giving it more fuel at a consistent rate throughout the day. Your body can use the fuel, your food, better. It's going to provide nutrients for muscle growth and repair at more efficient and effective times. So if you're having a snack after you exercise, you're replacing the, you're fueling your body and you're helping your muscles grow by giving it some protein, the protein that it needs to, you know, get, that you need to get stronger. You will stabilize your blood sugar. This is definitely relevant if you've ever had gestational diabetes, you have a family member who has diabetes, this meal pattern can help regulate your blood sugar better, especially if your snacks are nutrient-dense. We're not talking junk, we're talking real food snacks. Like that cheese stick and apple example I just gave, the carbohydrate with the protein of the cheese is going to improve your blood sugar. And a caveat here, I am not a doctor and I am not specifically working with you individually as a dietitian right now. So please make sure you continue to work with your health team. Okay, the next pro for smaller meals and frequent snacks is that it can aid in satisfying your appetite. <laughs> if you're eating a smaller meal, you're still not going to be starving when it's over. You know, you ate a, a plate of food, a whole plate of food, and it wasn't overloaded. It was just a reasonable amount. And then in a couple hours, yeah, you might start to get hungry again, but that's when you have your snack. That's when you have this healthy snack. And then let's look later in the day. If you ate dinner at 5.30, you're allowed to have this snack. Then you're not going to go overeat at bedtime. You're not going to go binge at bedtime because you have set yourself up throughout the day with these regular intervals of eating that... and your body has food. So you are doing yourself a favor. You're helping to satisfy your appetite. If you guys could see me, you could see that I have my hands waving around over here. I feel like I'm putting on a puppet show here in my closet as I record this. Sheesh. Okay. So then the last pro for small meals and frequent snacks that we'll discuss right now is prevention of overeating during meals. Oh, yes. Okay, so you had your afternoon snack at 3 o'clock. Come dinner time, you are not starving. You are not going to go overeat and binge on this dinner meal. You're not going to hit up the drive through double your intake for this meal because you wisely and smartly took your snack to work. You ate it when you felt like you needed it. And now you can make it home and you have time to cook the dinner that you planned. So you're not going to overeat during meals. You're not as likely to overeat during meals if you are eating smaller meals and frequent snacks. Pretty cool, right? 
Um, personally, I don't like how it feels when I overeat at a meal. You know, you feel bloated, you feel sluggish, you feel lots of feelings afterwards. And I don't like how that feels. So I do myself a favor and I prevent setting myself up to overeat. So I'm going to snack throughout the day. That was five pros to smaller meals and frequent snacks. Now, here are the cons. Yeah, there might be a few cons. Let's look at this. If you are grazing, then you might have higher calorie intake. Grazing means you're just eating a little bit all day long. You don't eat enough at mealtime, so you are constantly hungry. You're not planning out your snacks to be nutrient-dense. You will be hungry. You know, if you just go and have, oh, a couple sticks of celery at 3 o'clock, that's not going to carry you over to dinner time. You need the calories at the snacks. So this con of grazing and constantly eating could lead to greater calorie intake. Uh, back to that 1600 if you're literally snacking all day long you might well surpass your 1600 calories for the day now the next con is that some of your snacks might not be as healthy as nutrient dense they might just be full of calories full of sugar full of fat and that is not helping you out at all nope it's not. So if you're eating smaller meals and then your snacks are chocolate cake in the morning, chocolate cake in the afternoon, and chocolate cake with ice cream at bedtime, nope, you really didn't do yourself any favors. All you did was take out some of the good foods from your meals and replace them with cake. <laughs> so you want to really pay attention to the meal... The, the snacks that you're allowing in if you're following this pattern of eating. So again, you know, if you have your huge meal and it's really healthy, it's full of vegetables and protein and it's got all these beautiful colors in it, but you've reduced the size, that's cool. Now supplement with snacks that are just as good for you that have all those nutrients that that beautiful meal had, not just cake. Okay, so if you're not supposed to eat chocolate cake for every snack, <laughs> I mean, it's delicious, but let's get serious here. What are you supposed to eat? What should you be eating? I would like to suggest that you pair a carbohydrate with a protein for each snack that you're going to have. So your carbohydrates, you could have fruit, you can have a vegetable, you could have a grain. Those are going to be your carbs. So you could have like a piece of uh, an apple or a cutie, kiwis, or you could have some dried fruits. Watch the ones that are loaded with sugar. I mean, maybe some freeze-dried fruits or some lower sugar options. You could have a vegetable. So I was kind of knocking on celery earlier, but when paired with a protein in in the right amount, in enough to fill you up, that could be a great option. So if you like celery and peanut butter, there you go. There's your carb and your protein. You could have 
carrot sticks, mini sweet peppers, jicama, cucumbers, uh, let's see, the grains that would be good options. You could have popcorn. Maybe not all the time. Maybe not every day. Or if it is your favorite thing, cool. Let's opt for some that aren't super buttery and aren't super salty. The grain in itself, the the actual kernel, the popcorn, that's good for you. It has It's a whole grain, so it's got fiber. It's all the other stuff that you put on top of it that might not be doing you any favors. You could make kale chips at home and pair them with a protein. You could have, um, in a reasonable amount, you could have pretzels, crackers, or chips, something. You, I'm not going to pretend like I don't get a salty craving every once in a while. If I'm going to have a salty snack like this, I'm going to try to make it in a reasonable amount, maybe a handful, just one handful, and then pair it with something that's going to fill me up for a long time. So I might pair it with some beef jerky, might pair it with a tuna packet, you know, crackers and a tuna packet. So what are some other protein options here? You've got string cheese, like I mentioned, nuts any sort of nut butter, eggs, especially if you like hard-boiled eggs. I'm not a huge fan, but I know that some people can boil them for the whole week and then take them to work, put them in their fridge, and then just have one a day for a snack paired with some fruit. That's awesome. That's fantastic. That's a great, great, great option. All right. You can have a Greek yogurt. Opt for some that are lower in sugar. Hummus, roasted chickpeas, edamame, or even a protein bar. Now, by that, I would like to encourage you to get some that have very few ingredients in them. So, look at the label, look at the box, the nutrition facts, and look at the ingredients. If it has like 35 ingredients and you don't even know what they are, it's probably... A bunch of junk <laughs> to be frank probably loaded with just a bunch of stuff bunch of sugars bunch of things that aren't really gonna be very helpful for you in the long run you want to reduce the amount of ingredients in a protein bar or a granola bar two brands that I particularly like are Lara bar and kind bars Lara bars are gonna be more mushy kinds are quite crunchy so those have I don't know exactly how many ingredients, probably less than 10 for all of them, and they have real foods in them. They're made with like real ingredients, check the labels, and they will fulfill that protein requirement for snacks to fill you up. Protein is the part of foods that can really satisfy your appetite and reduce your hunger. Okay. If you would like this really awesome, simple snack combos freebie that I've made for you, you can access it at my website. You can click on the show notes to get there, and just you'll have to put in your email, and then I'll email it to you. You'll get it right away. So, yeah, I'm excited to share that with you, and you may have already seen it, 
and I hope it's helpful for you. And the combos that are recommended in it, like you want to pair them so that you can keep your snack like 250 calories or less. That's a significant snack, but if you're eating smaller meals, it's not going to derail your diet. It's significant enough to get you from small meal to small meal to bed <laughs> throughout the day. So there you go. Let's roll into today's food trends. Since we've been talking protein and snacks, what about protein supplements? What about the mixed powder that is everywhere, right? Are you even healthy if you don't take a protein powder? <laughs> well, yes, you can have a fully and completely healthy diet without taking protein supplements. But I just want to elaborate a little bit. I found this really, really brief article uh, from Hy-Vee. One of their dietitians wrote it, and it says branch chain amino acids. What are they and should you be taking them as a supplement? Here's what to know and consider. So first it explores the idea of essential amino acids. Now there's 20 different essential, there's 20 different amino acids that make up the proteins in the human body. Nine of these are essential, meaning that your body can't make them so you have to eat them through your diet. And of these nine essential amino acids, there's three that are branch chain amino acids. They're found in things like meat, eggs, and dairy. Now these branch chain amino acids are all over in the fitness industry. Why is this the case? <laughs> because they have been shown to, yes, build muscle, decrease muscle fatigue, and alleviate muscle soreness. So that sounds great if you're working out a lot. Branch chain amino acids could help you. But because you can get these through your diet as well, you might not need to take a protein supplement. You might not have to buy that $50 tub of protein powder, right? If you can get it through proteins like meat, eggs, and dairy, then great for you. But here's the other part to this. If you do like smoothies, and if you do have a protein powder that you like, then fantastic. But you've got to make sure it's regulated. Because supplements are not regulated by the FDA, so there's an independent company that looks at supplements and uh, vitamins and all those products on the market, and they can verify that what is being advertised as in the product is actually there. So because the FDA doesn't regulate supplements, these companies can put in whatever they want. You know, ethically, it should be in there, but they can say it has 100,000 grams of protein and it has these 100,000 branched-chain amino acids, but no one's verifying that. Unless you get a protein supplement that's USP certified. So this is just a little snippet of information for you. If you are taking a protein supplement, cool, and you like it, great. It can fit into this pattern of smaller meals and frequent snacks. And if you're not, and you don't like them, 
or you don't want to, that's really cool too because you don't have to. No matter how much exercise you're doing, you can meet all of your body's needs with real foods. So there you go, friends. That was today's food trends. And this has been a really fun episode for me because I love talking about small meals and frequent snacks. That's how I eat and I've done it for a long time and it's one of the recommendations that lots of dietitians will give. Small frequent meals, snacks, it's going to help you with all those five pros that we discussed such as what were those again let's see increased metabolic efficiency provision of nutrients to aid in muscle growth and repair post-exercise stabilization of blood sugar aids in satisfying appetite and can prevent overeating during meals so make sure you're snacking on healthy options snag the simple snack combos with the link in the show notes or go to my website and thank you so much for listening And shoot me some questions on Instagram if you have them, or reach out if you have a topic you'd like for me to cover. I'd appreciate it if you would hit that five-star button that's down below. If you open up your phone, you're looking at your Apple podcast app, hit five stars, and that just helps my podcast get seen by more people who might need to hear this message. So have a good one, friends. All right. Thanks for listening to Holy Healthy Mama. If you loved the show, please leave me a five-star review. It will help with the show's visibility, initial and long-term success, and it will make my heart happy. All right, friends. Love your babies. Say your prayers. And eat your greens.